I don't feel like playing Cyberpunk. That's okay. So man, like 35 something hours of fun from that game, mostly. That's pretty impressive. When you get when you get 35, 40 hours out of a game, the game the game should cost freaking 100 bucks. If I had if I if I made a game and you could play it for 40 hours, the game would be fucking 200, 300 dollars to buy. I'm <laughs> you think I'm joking? I'm not. And I understand that you can't do that. But if you could, I would. I'd be charging $200 for games. You understand how how much money 40 hours of quality entertainment is worth? 35 hours it quits being quality flapjack, hence that's why I that's why I quit. The way I was playing it it wasn't worth it. Here's a better example. If a game is like Loom or Monkey Island and it stays good for 30 hours, the game that game is worth 500 bucks. You get what I'm saying? Everything you have in games is grind, it's fluff, it's time fill. You have a team of quest writers that their job is to fill in some quests that you can string people along and it seems fun even though it's shit. I mean, there are a couple quests that they put some time into, like the crucifixion one. These studios have a, a huge budget and they have many hours to fill in their game. People expect a 40 hour game from them. In order to really make a game compelling for 40 hours, you need to either play game design tricks or you make a narrative game, a point and click adventure narrative that is worth hundreds of dollars because of the quality of, of the quest writing in the full game. It's not just an afterthought, but it's not an afterthought. It's not one piece, it is the game. So it's something to consider. And I probably will do something like that uh, in, in, in the future. I have a lot of game design, gameplay, feel, and mechanics that could be applied to make something very pleasing to play and interesting to play and weirdly challenging. Like I have, I have a lot of ideas. When when I think of a game these days, I mean, I'm, you you could re rewind me ten years, fifteen years, I would have said I want to make something that's the gameplay is awesome. You're doing this, it's freaking kind of cool. You keep playing it, the game, it's like intense. It's it's challenging, but it's rewarding. But these now these days, I don't give a shit about gameplay. I mean, if if you're doing a sort of Metroidvania sort of thing. Uh, I mean, that's that's a different style, but you know what? You fast forward all those years later, the genre saturated's beaten to death now. It doesn't mean something cannot be done. It actually doesn't. Because everything you usually see out there is a reflection of the of the politics of the of the age that you're in. So it's going to be shitty. Let me just put it that way. But anyway, there are certain things that aren't uh, exactly beaten to death. It's a bit saturated in that market, but I would uh I'm more compelled to work on something like Loom, but when you're talking about something the quality of to the quality of Loom, well, I mean the thing, the thing about Loom is that it was simple. It was, in ways, even better than the designer logic puzzles you'd get from King's Quest, you'd get from Zork, Mist, Monkey Island, even. Loom is superior in that the logic you have to explore with the puzzles is a is in a is in a relatively binary fashion in that you have a spell that does something if you reverse the spell it undoes it so it guides your thinking in the logic puzzles and it really takes away a lot of the logical guesswork and also the illogical guesswork if you're not the designer of the puzzle you're going to be thinking crazy it removes a lot of that uh, i'm sure it makes it simpler but it it makes it it makes it richer in that all the puzzles that you have in Loom explicitly serve the narrative 
and the themes and the feel of what is coming across in the whole world in Loom. When you're in another game, when when there is no limit to anything, you gotta do weird shit that doesn't even make any sense to you. Of course, you still do get the quality of time in an inflexible frame that's been built for you by a team of artists and designers. You can't just walk around into someone's bathroom and, and, and look uh, what kind of soap they have on their stupid ass sink. All the stupid ass games that they make now. It's filled with just trash. Look at how rich this is. You can see what kind of soap they use in their bathroom. It's like I give a shit about that fluff. But you see what I'm saying? It's important to have the things in that game designed specifically for the, the narrative. And not just have, this is a puzzle section, you gotta get out of it. And you know, you got good, you got good games. You got good games that do have that formula about them. But you do have an outlier with Loom. Uh, something that an old man could play without being confused. Something that someone old could play if they really felt like it and they wouldn't have to worry about some stupid-ass logic puzzle. They wouldn't have to worry about putting a, a bit of moldy cheese in a, in like a, a freaking cistern spell bowl in order to, you know, counteract some spells that, the, that a wizard throws at you when you're invading his castle. That shit's hard. That, sh that thinking's hard. I mean, it's good. I mean, hey, it'd be great doing some text, text adventures, but I do it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to get out of a room. Uh, I'd have to do quite a bit of practice. Anyway, we will explore those things. But you guys get what I'm saying when it comes to Loom and the, the stripped logic. You worry less about what the dumbass designer has ha thought up about the scene. You're actually thinking like, what do I need to do? Okay, here's where I can't progress. I see what's stopping me. Okay, so, I mean, I know I can do anything with these spells. I have a spell to do this, I have a spell to do that. You look at your spells, you look at the problem, you're like, ah, oh, you know, I could change this green, and then it'll, it'll turn camouflage. It's a very simple, it's like a children's game. And that is why it's so good. Just like Narnia. If you build a children's world that adults can enjoy, then you've won, but it's the other way around. It's actually the other way around. If you can build a world that's adult, with adult mythology, and adult philosophy, and adult themes, and adult morality, and make it appeal to children, then you've won. That's why Lewis was the best, that's why Narnia is the best. So consider that. I mean, that's an important lesson. If you focus on making something that's accessible to children, or rather understandable to children, like Narnia, when there's vanity, and there's hubris, and there's pride, and there's rage, and there's malice and there's jealousy you have those conveyed to you in a way that you as a child can understand morally not many people can do that do you know anybody else that has made a children's universe that's actually worth a damn <laughs>